You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. Right? And everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, Shane. It's a, it's a late one, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners. I was going to say it, but I didn't know if you, you were know. just going to pretend we did this in the middle of the day or what, but you do sound <laughs> no. a little bit tired. Are you going to make it through this one, buddy? Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. I'm going to get through this. I, I, I apologize. A little groggy, but, man, it's already 10 o'clock. It's been a rough day, and uh, uh, but... You guys need to know what's going on around the SEC, and that's what we're here for. All right, man. So uh, let's just get down to business. You ready to uh, go around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, (laughs) so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. And Louisiana, hold on a sec. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Chad, so we got a couple of matchups here to discuss. Uh, Before we get to that, though, did want to make this note because it was kind of funny, and I appreciated Shane's response on Twitter. But uh, for (laughs) Arkansas, Texas A&M fans, wanted to just make this quick note because it sounds like Obviously, this week you're playing at College Station if you're uh, for the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. So 
everyone assumed that meant that uh, next year's game was going to be in Fayetteville before they, you know, conclude their Southwest Classic contract at uh, Jerry World at AT&T. And now it's coming out that uh, they're going back to Jerry World. So we're for, we're <laughs> skipping over Fayetteville. Arkansas fans were pissed immediately. But it yep. turns out that, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, Arkansas was on board with this. But uh, we know who really is calling this <laughs> shot, don't we? Yeah, that's Jerry Jones. And <laughs> <laughs> that, he, he said, uh, hell no, we're going to bring this back here. You know, so that, that kind of sucks because – I did see a lot of fan reaction there, and, and they really wanted this game. I mean, it only seems fair, Mike. You know, if you're going to go to College Station, you'd think you'd go back to Arkansas and, and then even the thing out. But, you know, Jerry likes that money. So I guess we're going to have it over there in uh, Dallas. <laughs> it makes sense, right? Yeah, I would I would think that Florida, Georgia, maybe that, you know, this year they're like, well, my God. I think it was Georgia's home game, so they're they're probably thinking we could have had it in Athens and then kick it back to neutral site the next year. Why didn't we think of that? But yeah, exactly. It's a weird one. I certainly think when this contract expires, Texas A&M's on record; they want to do away with it. So uh, we may be nearing the end of this neutral site showdown, which it certainly seems like both fan bases are in favor of. So I don't know. I guess Jerry will just have to find another game to to play in there that in the years to come, you know what? <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right. So uh, let's get down to these games, Shane. Let's jump on down to Baton Rouge. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Coach O met with the media here. Uh, this was actually on Monday, but we were waiting for old Gus to speak on Tuesday. So we held off on this one, but you know, all of a sudden both these teams got some life. I've probably said it 50 times on this show, but uh, LSU versus Auburn, one of my favorite games every year in the SEC. It just seems like whoever wins this game goes on to have a really great season. Whoever mm-hmm. loses it, it's always a very disappointing season. And taking that into consideration, Shane, I know there's there's a lot of hype over LSU. I just got that dominant win over South Carolina, but you know this could be one for Auburn where this is their last game before the bye week, they could pick up some serious momentum here. And I know we, a lot of people, you know, kind of scoff at that three and two record because of some questionable calls, but hell it's three and two in the record books. If you get yourself to four and two on the back end of that bye, you got Mississippi state and Tennessee, two struggling teams. This is an opportunity for Auburn to get on some serious momentum and into that bye. So uh, just, I don't know, how big of a game is this for these teams? And LSU is also, you know, they got Alabama coming up here pretty soon. So, and they, Miles Brennan, we're going to get to his status here in a moment. But, you know, it seems up in the air if he's going to play in this one. But if they can get a win and get him some rest, I don't know. Maybe this is a turning point for LSU too. So just how big of a game, I guess, is, is what I'm asking. Is this for both LSU and Auburn? Well, that's a great question, Mike, because uh, I, I think, you know, yeah, Auburn's sitting there at three and two, but it is questionable. And there's a lot, not a lot of people are, I mean, just nobody's talking about Auburn. Nobody's talking about like they were last year. And even going into this game, it's just they haven't got the respect because they haven't earned it yet, I think. And this is a great game to earn some respect. LSU, 
kind of the same boat, man. Uh, you, you, you had it's the tale of two halves, you know. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. We don't know which one's going to show up. But if we can get some consistency here, if they can come out and prove that they're back, not just back last week, uh, I, I just think I think these both these teams are coming into a prove-it game. So, um, yeah, my eyes are going to be on this one. All right, well, let's kick it over to Coach O real quick, talking about uh, defending Seth Williams. You know, he's, for all we talk about Tank Bigsby, who is having a hell of a year. Seth Williams also having a great year for Auburn. On Miles Brennan's status in this game, T.J. Finley, you know, how are they going to rotate this quarterbacks? Uh, LSU's got a lot of freshmen stepping up. Coach O talks about that as well. And uh, on the production of the defensive line after going to this 4-3, and probably my favorite quote on this entire podcast, Coach O just getting a smile on his face, thinking about that win at Auburn last time they were down there in 2018. You know he had a smile on his face talking about that one. This this matchup, Bo Nix, one more year in his belt. He's a sophomore now. Seth Williams, you kind of talked about that connection. They've had their ups and downs, but last week you saw that game. They came back at the end and won. How important is it to make sure that doesn't happen against you guys? Because it seems like that's his number one guy to go to. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I have to know where Seth's at all the time. He's a big, tall receiver. You know, we have some good corners. Uh, that, that's why you come to LSU. You play, play the elite. So, you know, you can't always double them. Uh, you have to win some one-on-one matchups. They're going to win some. We're going to win some. We hear that there's a chance that Miles might return this week. Yeah. Can you update us on that? And one other thing, do you think that it was necessary to make a renewed commitment to the running game based on what you did last week? The night and day. The night and day difference. We have to run the football, especially on first down. I thought our offensive line had their best game. That helped pave the way for TJ's success. Uh, We couldn't put it all on his shoulders. Uh, Miles is going to practice a little bit today. Uh, Jack is going to get him accelerated throughout the week. We're going to see. I don't know yet if he's going to play. He may play. Uh, it all depends how practice goes this week. But, you know, we're only going to do about 25% with him today, see what he can do, feel it. He's probably going to be sore, see how he goes throughout the week. Uh, if he can't play, obviously TJ has done a great job for us. Max is going to do a great job. I'm not putting him in unless he's 100% ready. Hey, Ed Brooks, coming in from the advocate, kind of following up on that is, is Finley kind of the the role there for this week? I guess if he's if Miles can't go, and secondly, like you know, third downs, it seemed like you guys did you know made those adjustments. I mean, what what kind of did you see that you know helped you guys fix that? Yeah, time? you know they played a lot of man coverage for us. Uh, Coach Lenahan had a, a great plan. Uh, I thought TJ did a tremendous job of delivering the football on time. He had, I told you all he has a cannon for an arm. I was so so proud. Uh, Pleased with TJ's poise. He looked like a veteran out there. I think that's what made the difference in the football game. Uh, we're going to go ahead and practice Miles today, see what he can do. Him and TJ are going to share reps and Max. Uh, we're going to make a decision on a daily basis who runs with the first team. It depends on Miles's uh, his health. If, if Miles is healthy, he's our first team uh, quarterback. But I'm not putting him in unless he's 100%. Hey, TD. Performances this past week from TJ Finley, BJ Delari and Elias Ricks, they're all true freshmen, which is really impressive. So how impressed are you with their performances, and where do you really see their future going with yeah. this team and forward? Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, that's something that we pride ourselves here. We tell our freshmen and the guys are recruiting. I don't care if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, the best guy plays. 
and uh, those guys have developed. Those are great young men. Uh, it was a great job recruiting them. And also Eric Gilbert. Uh, you look at the, the job that he's doing. So we're, we're selling that to our recruits. If you want to play as a freshman and you want to have success, come to LSU. But i got to give credit to our coaching staff. They've done a tremendous young uh, job of preparing these young men getting ready to play. Hey, Coach, uh, two questions. First one, um, do, do you see where it would maybe make sense to get – not let Brennan play this week so he'll have that extra week off and get ready for late in the season? No question. Uh, if, he, if he's not 100% healthy and there's any chance of injury, I'm not playing him. And, uh, and TJ will be fine. Uh, and TJ and Max will do a good job. But if he's healthy, we're going to play him. Uh, hey, Coach, this is Shea with 24-7. Um, you said you wanted a more aggressive, you know, attacking style defense and uh, right now, even in four games, you lead the SEC in sacks, tackles for loss, turnover margin, fumble recoveries. <laughs> what have you seen from that group up front? Yeah, I'm very, very pleased. It's the 4-3, man. You know, you're not playing four techniques. You got ends, rushing wide. We got more athletic people on the field. It's LSU football. It's what I grew up watching. Now. And, you know, we did that in Miami. We did that at USC. And it was just time to go back uh, to it. So. I'm happy, you know, all those categories being plus six, leading the SEC and all that stuff, but we're still two and two. So, and we got to play better defense, and uh, there's no excuse for it. You know, the offense to me is playing well. I was real disappointed in the third down. I was disappointed in the goal line. We got that fixed. We got to get some stuff fixed on defense to get where we want to go. Uh, Coach, the last time you went to Auburn, um, maybe the first really huge one of your career, right? They yeah. were highly ranked. You're a big underdog. Yeah. You're losing by double digits. And yeah. your kick at the end, what do you remember about that day and, and your team coming through? Relief. <laughs> I was so happy that we won it. But you know what? It was a hot day. Uh, we went there. Uh, we went with a great mindset that whatever it took, we were going to win the game. I remember at one point in the game, Auburn had started running the football on us and and we had to fight back. And I remember that last drive, Stephon Sullivan making that play. And then when we put when we put our kicker out there, I knew we was going to win the game. It was just a tremendous feeling, a feeling of relief. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on, and people were talking this, people were talking that. And I think that kind of uh, quietened things down a little bit for us. All right, Chad. So there, you know, based on what Coach O had to say, Miles Brennan, like I said, his status kind of up in the air. Still not doing a ton in practice. And T.J. Finley coming off that big performance. I know a lot of LSU fans eager to see Finley remain in the lineup, see what he can do. But let me ask you this, Shane, because I'm not trying to downplay how well he played in his debut. I mean, he was outstanding. We had no expectations that he was going to light up South Carolina's defense. And I'm not sitting here saying that he – can't do it to Auburn but now we got film on Finley yeah now he's going to be on the road I know it's not typical road game but still it's not easy to win on the road in the SEC I got a feeling that you know for all these LSU fans so fired up to see Tank go under center and take over for Miles Brennan I think there's, there's an opportunity where Maybe not expose is the right word, but maybe just kind of comes back down to earth. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, I think it's basically, I guess what I'm just trying to say is um, I think we're discrediting Miles Brennan and, and his importance and, and just kind of the experience, even though he's not always been on the field, but he's been in that locker room and just kind of a leadership status with LSU. Any chance that uh, LSU could 
cost themselves a game here if you know tank isn't ready <laughs> well i mean so are we for 100 percent sure miles is out no no or, no but oh, okay I, i'm just saying based on these comments it certainly sounds like coach o is saying you know unless yeah. he's fully go we're yeah, gonna go we're like, gonna ride the freshman it, it feels like a hot hand situation so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if miles dresses out uh, i don't know you know i just i i don't know what's up coach's sleeve but Again, you did look good. Yeah, I, I know it was one week and not not a lot of game film out there on on uh, the tank, but you know, again, you you want to ride something that's good. And I'm telling you, that sideline, I, I haven't seen them that alive this entire season. So it wasn't just him. He he kind of he kind of gave juice, gave life to that that sideline. So maybe maybe that's the spark they needed. I mean, to, I mean, imagine. Going from Joe Burrow to to Miles Brennan, you know what I'm saying? That guy that's been around, you know. And then you bring the tank in, and he's just fun. They're they're just having fun. They're just going out there and kicking ass. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm a coach. I'm I'm not going to change that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that hot hand and 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 you know if it doesn't work, then I could say, well, you know, he's a freshman. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna roll Miles out because he's healthy next week. You know, so it's almost like he's got a, a little trump card here. You know, but um, you know, what about the marketing? I cannot believe that they haven't marketed this thing. You know, you got Tank on one side, Tank on the other. There should be posters out, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, well, in all honesty, I think we're the only ones calling him Tank at this point. But... Oh, are we just making this up? Oh. Yeah, but hey, it'll catch on the, the, the hotter he plays. I mean... My, no, joke. Seriously. I thought his name... I thought that was his name. I thought that's what we called him. I mean, I know... No, just like the bearded trader. I mean... We made Tank up. We made this happen. We're going to make well, it happen. Well, you know what? The two tanks are going against each other, man. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, speaking of tank, Bigsby, let's uh, jump on down to the other side. Let's go on down to Auburn. Get ready. Tumor's corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score. Auburn 48. Alabama 45. You know, one matchup that uh, not hearing a ton of discussion about, LSU's defensive line. That's kind of why I wanted to include those comments there from Coach O. We just had freshman B.J. Ojalary win. SEC defensive lineman of the week. I mean, he's coming along. They got uh, the big guy, uh, Ika, Ika, however you say it. He's coming along. I mean, this defensive mm-hmm. line for LSU, I know the defense as a whole, there's been a ton of busts. A lot of that's been in coverage and you know, guys not staying disciplined with their eyes. That's not necessarily on the defense because, you know, even if you go back to that Mississippi State game, the one LSU fans want to forget the defensive line was very active in that game. They were getting to Costello. Now you're going up against an Auburn team with Bo Nix has certainly been an issue, but the offensive line is outside of clearing the path for the running game. They've been a real issue as well. So this might be a game, Shane, where, like I said, you're not going to get a ton of people talking about you know, the offensive line versus the defensive line in a matchup like this, but certainly... I think that's probably what it's going to come down to in this classic SEC West showdown. It's, it should be a fun, exciting game. I like. I think both these teams poised to score a lot of points, but you know, one bust here or there, strip sack, or yeah, you know, force an interception, what have you. But uh, how big of a concern is that for Auburn, considering 
you know, just how well LSU's defensive line has been playing here. Yeah, I mean, it is real concern because it just felt like last week was finally when we got, <clears throat> excuse me, Auburn's offensive line right. But then you got you to gotta question, you know, it's against Ole Miss, which has struggled against everybody. So is is that has that offensive line jailed? And, you know, they're going to have a real true test come Saturday because if LSU does get a little bit of a lead here and this becomes some sort of shootout, LSU shows that they can pin them ears back, man, and get after a quarterback. And that and you see what happens when both start scrambling. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, kick it over to Gus Malzahn. Talked about the, the tanks, Tank Finley's big debut. And yeah. uh, he, he didn't want to get into it, but he was asked about the SEC admitting the officiating mistake. Just thought we had to include that on Bo Nix, his performance uh, last week, and if uh, Bo Nix will continue to run more because that seems to really open up the offense. That uh, defensive line versus Auburn's offensive line matchup. And then finally, this is kind of important too. Tank's Tank Bisbee, uh, his workload. I mean, what? How are they going to manage that? This is uh, Auburn's sixth consecutive game. Of course, all SEC competition. So you got to wonder at some point if this uh, freshman's never been through anything like this before during his football career. So how's Auburn going to manage that? Coach, um, if you could comment on what, what you saw out of the LSU quarterback last week, uh, JT Finley, and really uh, what you guys are anticipating, because at least from Coach Ogeron, he's kind of up in the air as to who the quarterback will be. Yeah, well, first of all, I was very impressed with the young guy. You know, they ran the football, and he made some some really good throws, um, some in really tight coverage. So, you know, but uh, the big big thing is they were able to run the football successfully with him playing quarterback. Gus, last night the SEC uh, came out and said that that kickoff late in the game should have been reviewed. Uh, I guess that's twice in the last three games, or yeah, twice in the last three games that the SEC's had to come out after the fact about a, a play that happened in the game just what do you think about this perception that you guys have gotten some fortunate breaks or people discrediting that this team is three and two right now because of those yeah i mean we we had a kickoff return call back that was a tough one so that's just the way it goes and you know we won the game hey guys uh, did you feel like bo looked a lot more comfortable in that game uh, on saturday especially early you know he had that early interception against south carolina kind of change the game there did you just feel like he was kind of locked in from the beginning because that's what it looked like from us yeah there's no doubt he was definitely locked in and uh, you know and we were able to run the football you know and uh, I think that helps everything you know that's all the above helps the line helps the quarterback helps the receivers and you know that's Auburn football and that's what we talked about going in and uh, our guys did a good job of that and I think for the third week in a row we've rushed for 200 yards and just got to keep building upon that and uh, that'll help everyone how much does it help when Bo gets involved in the running game as much as he did in the Ole Miss game? Yeah, anytime your quarterback can be a run threat, it opens up for the running back and just kind of makes one more stress, you know, especially on the perimeter and makes him play a little more honest. So, you know, I think his ability to get the ball on the edge, um, you know, has been really good, um, you know, the last couple of weeks. As to the point on the offensive line, last week LSU sacked South Carolina five times. Just how big of a test is this going to be with this new look line this week? 
Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, it's going to be a test. Uh, I think they're leading the league in, in sacks. They got two or three guys that can flat get after the quarterback, especially on the edge. And so we're going to have to do a really good job, you know, whether it's a uh, scheme or whether it's situational. Because uh, when they pin their ears back and they know it's pass, I mean, they're, they're very effective, very impressive watching them on film. Yeah, how's Tank uh, handling the, the load five straight SEC games in a row? You know, I think he's handled it pretty well. Um, of course, obviously, with the addition of getting Shivers back, I mean, I thought it was a really good one-two punch. Both of them are running extremely hard. Both of them have breakaway speed. They can both break tackles. And so, uh, you know, I think those guys are settling down. Like I said, DJ Williams got a little banged up on the one carry that he had, so hopefully he'll be okay. Mark Anthony Richards is a guy that each week has improved and starting to play more in special teams. So, you know, just keep developing those other guys. All right, Shane. So, you know, this is kind of an interesting question to ask, I think, but considering how Gus Malzahn has always praised Bo Nix and, you know, he's been on record. He said it multiple times. We're going to win a championship with this Bo Nix at quarterback. Yet if there's a quarterback in this game, whether it's Tank Finley, whether it's Miles Brennan, whoever LSU throws out there versus Bo Nix, if we get into a shootout-style game, I think I've got less confidence in Bo Nix than I do whoever LSU throws out there at this point. What are your thoughts on that? I, I gotta go with I gotta go with Bo Nix, man. Right now, um, well, I can't say that because you know the tank he hasn't really been threatened or challenged you know what i'm saying so i don't know what he's going to do when he's under pressure what's going to happen when when things aren't going perfect <laughs> you know there he threw that interception and and you know that was a pretty bad little pass he threw there and if he would have you know if he would have threw a couple more who knows how that south carolina game would have turned out so no i i, I think i'm going to change my if, if i'm going to rank it i'm going to say tank one uh, Bo second and then Miles third. That's the thing about Miles. It's like I know what his ceiling is, but I also know his floor is a lot higher than these other guys. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I don't know. I'm still going with, and I can't disagree with anything you said, but I still got to rank Bo number one for me, just given the way he's been playing. I know he made the game winning throw there against Ole Miss. We, so we got to give him credit for that. But yeah, I he think must that be was... listening to this podcast, Mike. You got him rattled, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think that was more Seth I, he... Williams than it was Bo Nix. Well, yeah, that's true. And, you know, I mean, like, you look at the stats, like I said, he only had like six, seven incompletions out of almost 30 tosses. So mm -hmm. you, you would think that his mind would be right going into this game. But, you know, Bo, Bo needs a big win. And if he can, if he can get that against the LSU Tigers, you know, he just needs a He needs a confidence builder. And right now he just doesn't have it yet. Hey, Shay. Well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie, the online sports book, head on over to mybookie.ag today. All new customers receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a thousand dollars. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that. SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000 so you could potentially start 
with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some, some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, Shane, next game on the docket here. All of a sudden, this looks like a really great matchup. Let's uh, jump all down to Gainesville. Where, hey, before we even get started about this game, do you see these helmets that the Gators have broke out? I mean, my goodness, they're they're pretty sweet, aren't they? The blue Florida helmets. Well, you talk about a 50-50 tweet right there, buddy. There's people that love it. I mean, the God's gift to helmets, and then there's others. This is, this is the ugliest helmets I've ever seen in my life, you know. Part of me is like that. I looked at it, and I said, oh, that's pretty cool. But then part of me is like, you know, it reminded me of a couple's you know, classes I had at UT. <laughs> it's not the F I wanted to see, you know, but, uh, <laughs> so a little flashback to school, but no, I, I, I'm all, I'm all for alternate, you know, I, I, I love, don't get me wrong. I love traditional, but you know, it's, it's Halloween, man. Let the kids play. If they want to wear something wild and different, let them have it. Yeah. And it worked last year against Auburn. Certainly don't believe, you know, what they wear really impacts the game at all. But yeah. it's interesting to just see him come out in something different. I I do like that. I, I think it can fire you up before the game. So uh, this mm-hmm. is one where Florida may need to get fired up. Of course, it is a home game, but you're playing a Missouri team here. All of a sudden, a lot better than they looked a couple weeks ago coming off that loss. And kind of the biggest mystery here for the Gators Aside from the fact they haven't played football in two weeks, we don't even know who's going to be in and out of the lineup due to the, all the positive tests. They had, I believe the number, they just announced it today, six additional new tests just in the last week. And I don't believe any of those have happened in the last day or two or anything like that. So I'm not saying it's it happened recently, but you got to, figure unless they get the Nick Saban treatment where they somehow can, get all these yeah, can, can I just say how stupid that is no I mean the more I think <laughs> about that you know if you're around somebody which we're going to get to Lane Kiffin here in a minute and he's talking about these tests mm-hmm. you know if you're around contact you're out 13 days and then you have it you're out 10 days mm-hmm. unless you're the coach then you're back in three days <laughs> I mean do you see how dumb that sounds it's just like, why can't we go with, I mean, Saban, you know, Saban didn't hurt anybody when he came back. Tests were negative. He was back out there. Why can't the players be that? It's, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question that I don't have an answer for. Uh, but that's kind of a looming question for me for the Gators going into this one, because uh, they're not saying who's tested positive. They're not saying who's out. They're not saying who's not practice. And you know, as long as it's not Kyle Trask or Kyle Pitts, <laughs> and I don't believe it is. I've not heard that either one of those guys, so I'm not trying to start anything. But as long as those <laughs> two guys are in the game, I got a ton of confidence Florida's offense is going to be all right. And, but, of course, the big question in Gainesville is 
you know, there's no one doubting the offense at this point. It's all about that defense and Todd Grantham and the work they put in. So, you know, we've seen the teams that are coming off a bye look pretty good, LSU, Missouri. How do you think Florida is going to look coming off two weeks of a bye and considering they lost their last game, so they've had a little bit longer than normal to sit around and think about it? Dude, I'd have, I'd have pits in, like, his own house, you know, like, <laughs> Don't come out. We'll come to you. Anything, you know what I'm saying? Just trash, same thing. I just, I, I think, you, yeah, you bubble wrap these guys and keep them safe. So uh, what was what was, your, what was your question there? Sorry, I just, I was just thinking when you were saying, it's like, what, uh, you know, there's a handful of players on every team that you just, you that contract tracing, I mean, you just, surely they're isolating a few of these guys. Uh, I would imagine where they're not even going to classes, kind of like, you know, I'm sure none of them are going classes, don't, don't you think? Um, like maybe all online or something right. like that. I mean, that's what I would certainly recommend if I was a football coach. Absolutely. <laughs> Grubhub coming to the house every day. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing. No, the so. question to you, Shane, how will Florida look after not playing football for two weeks? And, I, you know, there's no way either one of us will know the answer to that until we see it. But I don't yeah. know. What's your What's your feel for it? feel for it is I think they're going to look okay. And, and it's just, I'm going off some of the other games that I've seen coming off bye weeks. It just, it feels like the, the, the team's tuned up, the, they fixed problems that they were having and, and Florida had a handful of them, especially on that defense side of the ball. So I, I, yeah, that special attention. I think that's going to be good. These guys are going to be pumped up. Like you said, they're in new uniforms or uh, it's at home, you know, there's, there's a lot to play for here. So yeah, I think Florida comes out firing on all cylinders. I think they, they, you know, they, they lost a little luster, man. When you, when you drop one, I mean, everybody was talking. If you don't forget, man, just two couple weeks ago, everybody was talking about how great this Florida Gator offense is, and then they lose a game, and then you have the bye week. People ain't talking about it near as much. You know, I think, I think they want to get back in the headlines. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's kick it over to Coach Mullen, who talks about that the biggest challenge of uh, being away from football. Because remember, they. For the most part, they're not even able to. They weren't able to do anything. It was shut down. So, the challenges with that, the improvements he expects on the defense, and just how involved he is with the defense there in Gainesville. Where, where do you anticipate like coming back from this long layoff? Just see ish. I mean, what's the challenge? Conditioning, timing, um, just depth. I mean, where do you see those challenges? Yeah, you know, I think uh, just getting back into the flow of a game routine here. We haven't, you know, it's been two weeks since we've practiced. Uh, it'll be three weeks between games. That's kind of a, a, a not a kind of a normal deal. I mean, usually when you have that break, you have like you're, you're playing a bowl game, but you have a very different set schedule and different organization and different planning. So, uh, you know, for us, just getting our guys back into the, the regular game week routine. And, um, you know, we'll try to try to do that today. Did you anticipate having enough players or uh, enough players to practice today or yeah. whenever you Oh yeah, well we we'll figure it out. Right? I mean we we should have I mean what I think you need, right you need 53 is what they say. The league says if you have 53 you got to play. I'm sure we'll have 53 guys be able to play. Hey Dan, uh how close to full strength are you going to be when you start practice today? We'll We'll see. I don't know. I'll I'm not going to get into any of the specifics of that stuff. 
Yeah, Dan, you kind of went into, uh, I guess, this this shutdown, anticipating maybe making some changes on defense. How, how does the two weeks off maybe throw wrinkles into that, or does it change anything that you wanted to do? Uh, no, we're going to keep looking at different things. I mean, obviously, I guess, gave you time to really kind of research it, spend some time on it, and find ways to put our make sure our best 11 guys are out there on the field at all times. You know, uh, you know, make sure we're putting guys in the best position to be successful, uh, to go play. So... Um, you know, I think it gives you just that opportunity to kind of look at the roster, look where everybody is, look what we're doing, and making sure we've got the guys in the right position and doing the right things. What's the biggest thing you need to see out of the guys on that side of the ball at this point? Um, you know, I, I just want to see consistency of play. You know, I mean, to me, I think I think that is, is a, a big part to it, uh, is watching our consistent – uh, effort, consistent performance on the field, our physicality. You know, I think, as I said, I mean, you saw, I saw some positive. I saw us heading, doing things better from one week to the next over the first three weeks. Have you, how involved, I guess, you said you might get involved. How involved have you been uh, with the defense in that process that you said of, you know, finding those 11 guys and making sure how, I guess, you know, you're, we consider you an offensive coach. How involved have you been with the defensive coaches there? Uh, a little bit, you know. I mean, I'm not telling them what defense to run. I just kind of gone through some things, and like I like I normally do, and I just want to make sure that we we're doing the right thing. And just you know, I come in more of a, a challenge more than a, this is what we're doing. I'll come in and challenge kind of what we're doing to make sure that we're confident that we're doing it the right way more than coming in and telling people what to do. All right, Shane. So I. You know, I was kind of thinking that maybe the time off would really help Florida with, uh, you know, because we know Dan Mullen and his staff, going back to his days at Mississippi State even, very, very strong in terms of development. It seems like their their teams always play better towards the tail end of the stretch. You know, even his Gator teams, they kind of struggle out the gate a little bit. And then by the end of the year, they look like damn world beaters for the most part. But, you know, so I was kind of leaning towards that, saying, hell, they've had, they just had half a training camp basically in the middle of the season to work on issues, but they've been shut down since this week. So you, I don't even know how much work you could really get done. I think it was more <laughs> just staying at your own place and doing all that. Uh-huh. So. A lot I don't of film know. study. Right, right, a lot of film study. <laughs> so this, uh, I don't. This is, this is a dangerous, dangerous game. I think. I really. The more I talk about it here, and like I said, if they were two weeks of practice, I think they'd come out here and they just wreck Missouri. I really do. But yeah. two weeks with issues on defense, and we don't even know who's going to be available for the game. Who's who's in? Who's out? They certainly got enough players to practice. Mullen just said they got enough players to play. So. That's mm-hmm. not a big question for me, but hell, we saw when Vanderbilt was stretched thin, they just got whooped by South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I just don't know what to make of this, and and we'll get to Mer- Missouri here in a second. But who knows? I mean, it sounds like they've figured out everything too. Yeah, no, I mean, Mizzou's firing all all cylinders right now, and I was just thinking about their offense and their game plan. You know, it, it, you watch this Kentucky game, and it was like. It's like Mizzou stole Kentucky's playbook there for a second and just ran the ball, <laughs> you know? Right. And then you watch the LSU game, it's like they stole the playbook and let's air it out. So, yeah, I, I don't know what – you know, I expect this to be a uh, a pretty high-scoring game, to be honest with you. And, and I think it, it, it may be one of those that, 
you know, who, who makes the most mistakes. And one thing that, that Mizzou's been really good at is, is, you know, controlling the clock and being efficient. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff to worry about, but you got to remember, man, it it was just a couple weeks ago, man, this team was putting a whooping on some teams. So I, I think they get it right. And, um, I, I think it starts with the defense if, you know, it's mainly the rush defense. I mean, you can't let, you know, Roundtree come out here and get 140 yards rushing, you know, you, you, they're going to have to seal that thing up real quick and, and make them make this freshman quarterback, not a true freshman, redshirt freshman quarterback win with his arm, not, not, you know, not running the ball. All right, well, let's jump on down to the other side of that one. Let's go to Columbia. Where Coach Drink met with the media here on Tuesday, and he was in rare form here talking. Uh, he, he was kind of taking shots at Dad Mullen without, you know, really being, uh, you know, over the top with it here. But uh, he was asked about releasing injury information, and he kind of references Dan Mullen's presser. And then he was asked about Kyle Pitts, and, you know, he he's credits Dan Mullen's. Uh, coaching ability and, and ability to utilize pits in unique situations. But at the same time, he finds a clever way to throw out those NFL rumors that we've all heard with Dan Mullen. Uh, he was asked about Connor Basilak's progression. And then on Larry Roundtree, the buy-in from the Missouri's great running back that really was the hero of, of last weekend. Hey, Eli, uh, you mentioned, you know, some some injury injuries, injury issues to get down to 64 scholarship players. I'm curious if, if you could give an injury report uh, as to who you know might be out this week. Yeah, I watched a press conference yesterday where there wasn't much reporting done, so I, I'll just keep mine. I'll let you all figure that out on Saturday, too. So just play that game, I guess. Eli, I know you mentioned Kyle Pitts a bit, but what kind of challenges does it pose when, when it's a tight end and just how, you know, how much they can do in an offense? Yeah, I mean, they split him out uh, where, he, you know, they use him like an NFL, and, and I think that's why you hear so much about, you know, Coach Mullen eventually being a head coach in the NFL because of the way he utilizes his players. You know, he utilizes uh, Pitts like they do Kittle and like they do Travis Kelsey and, and some of the other great ones where they – you know, line them up single receiver to the weak side and, and create four by ones and make you, you know, isolating with no underneath coverage. They 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 do a good job of getting him matched up on Mike linebackers over the middle of the field. Uh, I mean, I, I saw it earlier. I think he had 175 yards and four touchdowns versus Ole Miss. So, I mean, they use him all kinds of ways. Well, you said after the game that, that Larry Roundtree can, I think you said, take a butt chewing. Um, yeah. How rare is it to find a player who has, you know, the ability to, to, to have the humility to be coached or to be coachable, but also kind of the, the mindset and the willingness to handle a workload like 37 carries? It's rare. That's what makes uh, Larry elite. Um, you know, I think there's times when we get into to these situations and you recruit kids for so long um, that they forget that, the moment they step foot on campus, they got to continue to work to improve. And, you know, there's got to be a humility in being coached and being coachable and understanding that in order to become the best version of yourself, you have to allow people to have constructive criticism. And it's not always going to be roses and, and uh, pie in the sky and balloons. There's going to be some tough conversations and this is where your weakness and nobody likes to hear about their weaknesses. Everybody just would prefer to have their graphics put. 
put up on, you know, social media all day. But the reality of it is when you want to improve, you have to improve your weaknesses and you got to look at your weaknesses and say, how do I make these? How do I build these up? And uh, Larry's willing to do that. Eli, when you, when you got this job and you kind of figured out what your roster was and you see that you've got a running back who has gone for 1,200 yards in this league, is there kind of a sense of comfort there in knowing that you've got a guy like Larry who's done it at this level? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, knowing Larry has the ability to rush for that many yards obviously is a great thing. Uh, for us offensively, we're always going to be predicated on running the football, so that's a, that's a huge plus. But I do think that Tyler Beatty is an incredible aspect of what Larry's been able to do because he does come in and provide a different type of runner, uh, which keeps the defense off balance, and he also creates uh, openings in the past game. Um, and so I think that one-two punch has really been the difference for us the last two games that I maybe didn't utilize well enough in the first two games um, that's given us some, you know, more effectiveness offensively. And we've got to continue to find ways to keep uh, to give Tyler some of those carries. Uh, I love the fact that, that Larry carried it 37 times or 30-something times, but uh, we need to get Tyler a few more touches because well, he, he made some really good runs too. Uh, Coach, I'm curious, uh, with your quarterback, just overall philosophy, when you've got a young quarterback, are you, is there kind of a mindset of, like, throw everything at him, throw him into the deep end and let him kind of figure it out? Or, or do you do it in pieces to where we're going to watch his game and, and what he has out there grow uh, week by week, year by year? Um, I don't subscribe to the, the philosophy of throwing him out there and let him sink or swim. I, I think football – in general, but specifically the quarterback position without confidence and having confidence. And once you lose confidence or get shaky, it's tough to recover. You can't doubt yourself as a player. Um, and if you ever start doubting yourself, that's when things are not good. So we try to help identify what his strengths are. Now, there's always going to be some certain level of, of struggle. There's certain level of, okay, I've still got to improve at this area. But we try to figure out what are the strengths are, build around their strengths, and then let them develop, identify the weaknesses, you know, play to your strengths, uh, identify your weaknesses and try to improve those. With our quarterbacks, that you know, no different than our team. That's what we try to do, identify what our strengths are and then play to those strengths. Um, you know, so, uh, no, we don't have the entire system in. We don't call plays that, that our quarterback's not comfortable in. Um, you know, every Monday when I get finished with the ready list, I, I show it to Connor and say, okay, what do you not feel comfortable with? I don't like this, this, or this. On, you know, Wednesdays when we're done with third downs, what do you like? What do you not like? Hey, I don't like this. Take it out. It doesn't matter if I like it. It matters if he likes it and can execute it. And, uh, you know, I think I've been doing that since I was coaching seventh grade football. I don't know if that's unique. I doubt it is. I just – it's not about the plays that we call. It's about the plays that we can execute. And the way you execute plays is your players having confidence in themselves that they can do it and they have confidence in their teammates that they're going to execute them. All right, Shane, so – you want to talk about a potential for a signature win here. They already got it, I think, with LSU. But, my goodness, I mean, what would this do for old Drinkowitz? He's kind of taking shots here at Bowling, calling the, calling out the Gator coach. And, you know, there's going to be very few people picking his team to go on the road, go down to the swamp and beat the Gators. Not saying I'm leaning towards that direction or anything, but – Man, how big of a game is this for Missouri and everything they're they're trying to do where it seems like the last couple of weeks he's really leaned hard on the fact that, you know, what they're teaching these players, they bought in, 
That was the key for the LSU game. That was the key for the Kentucky game. They play balls to the wall, like you said, against LSU, throwing all over. Then they go mm-hmm. straight Kentucky mode the next game, just running. So this one, they could kind of go either way. They're probably going to have to air it out to, to try to compete with the Gators. But uh, I don't know. What's your thoughts on what this game means for Eli Drinkowitz and this Missouri program? Well, I, I, I want to say signature, but they've already done that. They've already had that. I mean, the fact you were able to beat LSU, I, I think that just kind of sealed the – I'm surprised they didn't give him a raise after that damn game, Mike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, that was a big one. You know, Mizzou, I'm telling you, man, they're they're probably preaching up there. Wouldn't blow my mind, Mike, if – if Mizzou, if it, Coach Eli doesn't isn't in these boys' ears, convincing them that they still have a real shot at competing with the East, man. Uh, you know, the only only loss they got was what Alabama and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, Tennessee's out because we lose everybody. So <laughs> if they if they can beat a team like this, like Florida, then they got Georgia right after the. I mean, they got a tough couple of weeks, but you know, it's 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 time to harden up and. You know, I, I think I think that's what they're playing for. I know it sounds crazy, but these guys are probably playing the best balanced football in the league right now. Yeah, and I have had a Missouri fan or two remind me, Missouri controls their own destiny, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it. <laughs> All right, final game to uh, break down. How fired, huh? how fired up is that athletic director, you know? Golly gee, I bet he's pumped up. <laughs> What's his name? I can't forget, but he, he gets so he gets so Jim happy. Yeah, man, I bet he's on cloud nine right now. Mm-hmm. All right, final game to break down here, Shane. Let's hop on down to Oxford. Howdy, howdy, old Miss. We're Lane Kiffin when he's not discussing the SEC officiating here. He's <laughs> he's talking about uh, COVID issues and his team being banged up and losing players here. He makes a little little league reference here. I thought that was pretty great. But, uh, hey, this is – I know everyone's going to be overlooking Vanderbilt in this matchup, but almost the same deal as Florida. They've had two weeks off. But unlike Florida, Vanderbilt's not been shut down. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing I said with Florida, except this time it's real. Derek Mason and company, particularly with working with a young quarterback – They've had like a mini training camp in the middle of their season. So that's mm-hmm. an opportunity to fix a lot of the issues they had going uh, you know, to the last game they played when they lost to South Carolina. And, of course, that was a game where they were right on the edge there of even having enough guys to, pl- to compete on the field. Now they've got a lot of those guys back. Now they're getting an Ole Miss team that it just coming off a heartbreaking loss here. And we've already seen it where Matt Corral, I don't know if you saw the quote or not, Shane, but I know Arkansas fans ate it up where it was after the Arkansas game where he threw all those interceptions and he says after the game, well, we thought it was going to be easy and it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, those same players, you know, if they didn't learn their lesson, you better believe they, they're going to think it's easy heading into this game against Vanderbilt. So what are, what are the chances here? That uh, you know, Ole Miss has got to be on a, on high alert here. That uh, Vanderbilt could sneak up and and surprise them. 
Yeah, I mean, well, the problem is if you keep looking in your rearview mirror, Mike, and, and that's been kind of the theme of Ole Miss since that Auburn game. It's just, it's just rehash, rehash. Oh man, we got screwed, and and yeah, you did. But we, you got to move on, man. We're we're rolling into mm-hmm. Wednesday here, and we're still talking about it. That's what concerns me the most about Ole Miss. It's just carrying that baggage over from next week and being hung over when you play a team like Vanderbilt that's had multiple weeks to think about just you. And, you know, you think about all the SEC. Guess guess which SEC team doesn't have a victory yet? Vanderbilt. Exactly. And so I'm guaranteed, man, Coach Mason and crew, you know, they, they've been thinking they've, – they've had this one circled – and focused for multiple – they've been game planning for this thing for multiple weeks. They want to get a victory. I know Coach Mason does. He wants to get a W. So this is the one that he's – I mean, he's – all the chips are pushed in. So, yeah, you can't – and then you, you just can't go limping into this game thinking about what happened last week or you're going to get beat, man. Mm-hmm. And on the plus side for Vanderbilt, the next two teams on their schedule, those are the only two in the SEC that have only won one game. Mm-hmm. So maybe the gap's not as big as you think. Now, of course, you know, so many different factors, different schedules, different players, but that's something to consider. So uh, let's kick it over to Coach Kiffin, who talks about how the team will respond to that tough loss to Auburn on getting guys back. And he ex- expresses a ton of frustration with the COVID policy on losing uh, Jalen Joseph, a starter in the defensive back field. And that really kind of bit him there at the end of the Auburn game. And then on playing Vanderbilt, a team that's been off for so long. What's the mindset of your guys? I mean, you've, you've talked how difficult this uh, this particular loss was. Uh, you know, how, how do they get over that? How do you help them through that this week? Well, we pointed out this morning, you know, good, bad, ugly, you know, on the tape that I do for them um, and show them. You know, there's some times that, you know, I feel like we turned down some hits. Um, you know, didn't block as well as we should receiver-wise on the perimeter. Didn't cover as hard in some special teams. And so, you know, our job was here to come here and fix that. And so when you see some plays that look like what you'd seen on film before, you know, you get frustrated. So, you know, and it was you know, the DK Metcalf kip, clip. We ended with that, which was really good timing to show, all right, hey, here's us not finishing plays. And look at this guy. I mean, this is unbelievable. So, you know. I hope maybe that helped. Uh, Lane, do you think there are any chances that you can get guys like Tisdale Hopkins and Leonard back this week, or is the timing still a little low? Can I just answer? We don't discuss. That. I'm going to just answer every question from now on. We, 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 you know, that's internal. We don't discuss anything, um, and I, I don't have any explanation for how I screwed up a situation. It'd be that. It'd be awesome. Can we write that policy? Ask our SID if we can write that policy from now on. All right, I gotta stop going on that before I get fined. So, uh, yeah, I would. Um, we usually don't discuss that, um, but yeah, those, those guys are back. David, go ahead. Which, which back to another thing. You know, we've got two starting defensive players that are 13 days out when we play Saturday. Obviously, would have helped us, and. No symptoms, no positives, and they can't play, you know. But if you had it 10 days ago yourself, you could have played. So I'd, I've told you all along I don't understand that um, and why players are sitting out. 
symptom-free 13 days after a close contact, you know, not being able to play in the game or sitting here in a game playing two players that were on offense in crunch time on defense a week after being on offense. So, David, go ahead. Yeah, Lane, I just wanted to ask you about the loss of Jalen Jones. Uh, an experienced guy like that, a leader, Chucky Mullins guy. Uh, you know, what? we, we kind of saw some of the effect on the field Saturday that his absence had. But what are the intangibles of losing a guy like that at this point of the season? Well, very difficult loss. Great kid. Um, played a million snaps for us. And, you know, you know, we just, you know, between him, between some injuries, between – you know, close contact shutdowns, you know, it's just, it, it's rough because I know everybody's got issues, but I don't know if they got them that bad. You know, we're, we're trying to beat Auburn in a huge game, big program win for us. And, you know, they're driving down and we got two players that were on offense last week, you know, trying to get calls that were trying to yell from the sidelines to tell them what to do. Like, you know, like you're, you know, coaching 10 year olds or something. Well, when I said like coaching little league, make sure you understand what I meant. That's no nothing to do with them. That's literally like when you're in little league, you got to yell at the kid what to do because we just move them over there, and you know we're in two minute, which means you got a lot of different calls that are happening really fast. And so, you know, I was just thinking how crazy it was. I'm sitting there listening to our coaches having to yell, play press, blitz, play off, like, um, you know, but that's the situation you're in. I thought they did a great job, you know, for a little amount of time, and and it's hard. I think how hard that is. You know, um, so they're doing their best. Go back to John. Lane, when you look at um, a matchup with a, a team like Vanderbilt and also considering the fact that they, once Saturday rolls around, they will not have played football in, in three weeks. I mean, how much of an advantage is it for you guys and how do you kind of approach a certain situation like that if there is a certain different one? Well, it's kind of dangerous, you know. Um, you know, less games of us to watch on them. Um, I, I believe they've had some COVID issues where it sounds like now they're getting back from them. Um, you know, and the players that were banged up are all coming back. So I don't know that it's a, it's a great advantage. A lot of people would like to have back-to-back -back buys. On the three weeks offline, do you think that is a disadvantage for a freshman quarterback to have been away from game speed that long? Or could that work in his favor? Well, I hope I hope in general it works in our favor, you know, obviously. But, you know, us being tempo, it's hard to simulate in practice. I know that's the other side of your question. But I'm hoping the time off helps us because we're tempo and them not getting used to seeing it and they don't do a lot of it on offense. So um, I'm not sure about the development of the quarterback. And, you know, it's less games he's played, but also he's had a lot of time to practice and get ready for us. All right, Chase. So I think you make a really good point because if you remember – when Arkansas got screwed in that Auburn game, I mean, mm -hmm. Sam Pittman didn't want to talk about it. You know, the media kept wanting to talk about it, but it's almost like a 180 here of uh, Ole Miss and all the tweeting <laughs> and all the fines and all the press yep. conferences and everything. So you might be on to something there. And I just have a feeling that, you know, we got a young team here in Ole Miss, and if their focus isn't right, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm just gonna go out and say it, man. I'm putting them on upset alert this week. Ooh wee, man! I tell you, I I, I mean, listen to coach. I, he's, he's saying, I know. "We we got I know. it's like damn little league out here." I'm trying to tell these guys what to do in the middle <laughs> of the game. <laughs> it is true, man. It is it is kind of true. So 
Yeah, and I I just don't I don't like the uh, I don't like the theme. There's been, there's been zero talk about Vanderbilt. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you can't you can't do that. This isn't uh you know Poduck team in Texas that comes up for homecoming. You know, this is a Vanderbilt team that is hungry for a damn victory, so that people could stop talking about how bad they are. So. Uh, no, this is a this would be a huge win for Vandy and Coach Mason and and Buddy. They're coming to this fight prepared. Yeah, well, let's kick it down to uh, Vanderbilt. The last team we got to talk about here, Coach Mason. Kick it down. It's good to hear from him. He's like I said, he's obviously been off for a little while here, but uh, hey, we got a lot of issues here. You know, it's not all sunny. I mean, we're we're talking them up, but hell, they they've yet to win a game. They've lost their last two, forty-one to seven. Now, that one of them came against LSU, which is. You know, they're far and away better talent. The other one was South Carolina, and they were hit with some tough COVID restrictions. So, you know, those that certainly plays a, a factor. And they're still not dealing with the complete full roster because they've had a lot of opt-outs and whatnot. But uh, let's kick it over to Coach because he sounds like you – know, he feels like they've made a lot of improvements in the bye week. I really like this comment he's got on Ken Seals just kind of – you know, that, that relationship continues to grow with the players around them. That trust is growing. And, you know, let's hope we see that on the field. And then um, on on how to translate that to the field, that's obviously an important part of that. And then finally on uh, slowing down Ole Miss, getting them off tempo, Derek Mason, a defensive-minded coach, he's probably one of the best to, you know, ask about defending this Ole Miss offense. Yeah, Derek, obviously against Ole Miss, you're going to have to score – good number of points. They're scoring about 35 a game. When you look at your offense, what what small signs are you seeing on offense that tells you that, that the plan, the offensive plan has potential to work? To, uh, to work? Well, I, again, you know, I mean, having some time to look at, you know, I man, where, where we needed to, uh, you know, I mean, beef up, you know, I man, our, our true ability to, to protect the quarterback, score points, uh, you know, in the red zone and, and stay on the field. Those were all critical areas that we had to address. And what I've seen, um, you know, in the last couple of practices, you mean, speaks exactly to that. Um, hey, the matchups, you know, are the matchups, whether we see man, whether we see zone, you know, our ability to run the football when we need to run the football and let it be, you know, physical downhill football and, and, and really, you know, space out the field as best we can, man, man, to make sure we can open up windows. But I think it's going to be about protection. I think it's going to be about, you know, uh, like taking what the defense gives you. Hey, I mean, everybody wants touchdowns. I think what we want is first downs. And, like, when you get first downs, uh, you know, first downs can ultimately, uh, you know, lead you to the end zone. And that's what we, we, we look to do. And I think watching our guys practice, the rhythm looks there. Um, it looks like Ken has a better feel for, uh, you know, in the personnel. Uh, I think as we we we've game planned a little bit, uh, man. He he understands that there's primary and there's secondary, and you know where do you go with it? Uh, you know, man. If you feel like man, you're waiting, okay, man, and getting stuck. And again, that's allowed him to get the ball out fast and make sure, man, that we can move the chains. What What do you think has been uh, the things that you've seen in practice? What do you think is not getting translated to the field on Saturdays offensively? Well, I think, you know, execution, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, simplification and execution of protections, whether it's the idea of, you know, guys, you know, needing to make plays and, and, and winning their one-on-ones, you know, it's about players. 
you it, everybody's got schemes, but you know, man, players have to uh, you may make plays, and I think you know we've got playmakers. Uh, you you've seen it in spots, but we haven't been consistent enough about play plays being made, whether it's down the field, whether it's on the perimeter, um, and 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 that slowed us down. So efficiency of of uh, uh, yards per play definitely has to go up, and that's exactly what we've been able to do in practice. I've seen the efficiency, and that's what we're charting right now. We're really charting the efficiency, uh, you know, per play in practice because you you want you want positive gains on first and second down to put you in manageable third downs, and that gives you an opportunity to again stay on the field, uh, create rhythm, and 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 put the ball in the end zone, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, Coach Mason, uh, Ole Miss has scored 174 points this year in just five games against all SEC opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, what concrete steps are going to be taken to try to stop that high-powered offense? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, I, I think Lane, Lane said in his press conference, uh, you know, I mean, he regrets slowing down versus Auburn. I think, you know, I mean, they're predicated on tempo. Um, they're going to – we're going to see some unbalanced – uh, from these guys, you're going to see two quarterbacks. You're going to see, you know, Plumley and and Carroll. Um, you know, I mean, both of them can run. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Carroll's got a big arm. Uh, you know, Plumley a year ago, you know, gave us fits uh, in the run game, and I think they're they're going to come back to that, and they're going to look at you know film from you know 2019. They're going to figure out you know, I mean, how they want to attack us. And it's critical for us, man, that we get our cleats in the ground, we get lined up, um, man, we, we get our eyes in the right spots, and we play smart football. Uh, for them, it's about, you know, motions, uh, shifts, uh, a lot of deception just to do simple things. And so for us, it's about, you know, getting lined up, making sure uh, that in critical situations we take in the information that they give us. We're able to play top down in the secondary, and we got to be able to tackle well. So in doing that, you know, attacking the tempo, making sure I mean, that we play top down and tackling are going to be the keys in this ball game. We've got to make them, you know, go to the length of the field, limit the explosive plays, and play good football in the red zone. All right, Chase. So the Commodores are going to be ready for this one, like, like you said. You know, a lot of this, it could just be talk here. I mean, hell, everybody gets better when they're not playing and they're practicing and doing all this. But uh, I don't know. I'm just going to be really, really interested to see. It's almost a, the same I was saying about Florida. We won't know how it, you know, all that time off, how it affects them till they get on the field. But I just got to think it's going to be night and day different for Vanderbilt considering they were able to practice. They've been, they've been having – practices for two weeks in a row to really work on their issues and I think that could just make a huge difference this Saturday absolutely man I I I couldn't agree more and uh I just you know you get you you had a a kind of a I thought I thought Vandy came out of the season pretty good and you know starting out and and then they just kind of trailed off and they they had a couple bad games and you know and but you realize how thin they were because all this COVID contact tracing and stuff like that, you know, this is a, this is going to be the first time going into probably any game this season that they've got a full roster. So that, you know, that's the secret things when you're watching some of these games, man, and you, you don't, you don't pay attention to the little things like them rotating an offensive line or rotate, rotating a defensive line or, you know, it's just, you don't see that. You just see the play. You see the running back. You see the quarterback. But there's a lot of 
there's a lot of moving pieces out there to keep that team healthy and and strong all four quarters and and that's something they weren't able to do against South Carolina but they were depleted they had no depth so it, it got exposed this game they will so I, I mean that's another thing you gotta you gotta factor in and it kind of feels like you know Ole Miss is still still battling a little bit of this contact tracing as well right yeah so that's a overlooked storyline at Heading into this game as well, and one team coming off it, one team potentially going on it. So certainly hope Ole Miss gets that all that corrected. But look at look at all this positive stuff we're saying about Vandy today, huh? <laughs> huh? What about that, Mike? <laughs> hey, we got to be the only SEC show doing it. So <laughs> I, I hope uh, for all you Commodores out there listening that you appreciate it, dude. They need it, man. I just I don't I don't want to see somebody go zero and ten. You know that's not mm-hmm. cool. I, I I love this every week. It's just it's just awesome, man. I mean it really is. Think about it, Mike. Just the ups and downs of the SEC so far, and we ain't even halfway through it yet. So, uh, well we're pretty close, but I don't want to get. I'm a, I'm a glass half full, Mike. You know what I'm saying? We still got <laughs> some bye weeks and stuff in there, but I I I just love it. Any given Saturday, something could happen. It, if I told you that. Vanderbilt beats South or Vanderbilt beats Ole Miss. It wouldn't blow your mind, Mm-mm. you know. If, if I tell you that Florida goes down to Mizzou, that's not going to. That's. I mean, it it it'd be, you know, it'd be an upset for sure, but it wouldn't blow your mind. So that's just that's what the the temperature of the SEC this year, and I love it, man. Absolutely love it. All right, Shane. So it's a late one, like we said. Um, how about we cut this bad boy here? And, yep. uh, you know, we'll be back with another episode. Shane needs to get his rest. I need to get my rest. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you got anything else before we hop off here? Just one thing I thought about. Uh, did you see the the Georgia team, uh, Georgia Twitter handle, whatever, they put out that meme of uh, it uh, with <laughs> Kentucky? Yeah. Dude, that is fantastic. I That is probably the best work I've seen. Uh, non-video i mean there's a lot of great hot videos but that picture man that was that was well played whoever that is i hope you're listening you did a fantastic job (laughs) absolutely as did you shane so thanks for hopping on here as always i really do appreciate it thanks everybody for tuning in remember to get in those five star apple podcast reviews and we're still not picked a winner yet we're gonna pick a winner on friday's show to get the (laughs) first ever t-shirt only for new five-star Apple podcast reviews. That's going to do it, Shane. I'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys. See you. Go balls. There you go. You got it, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you for cleaning me up here, Mike.
there, SEC fans. If you've been enjoying the music of this podcast, then head on over to www.crimsoncalamitymusic.com to follow us on social media and to hear our new song, Ghost, out now on all streaming services and wherever digital music is sold. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to you, Mike and Shane.